You're listening to Feed for Thought by Milne Feeds. You're listening to Feed for Thought. It's Tom here with you, and we're talking with Brett Blanchett from Milne Feeds. G'day, Brett. G'day, Tom. How are you today? Yeah, not bad at all, Brett. It's um, it's nice to chat with you again so soon. We're recording this one as a bit of a follow-up from the last one because I think some people had some more questions and they wanted to know a little bit more or go a little bit more in-depth to what we were talking about. Yeah, no, it's fair enough, Tom. It's um, it's pretty straightforward at my end, my end when I'm looking at all the numbers every day. But yeah, trying to transfer that into a, a spoken podcast is um, probably not that easy. So yeah, let's um, let's see if we can pull it apart a bit. Yeah, no worries. So I think the first thing we want to discuss is the feed chart comparison. So we're imagining you've got your your Excel sheet there open and you've got lamb grow versus homebrew, homebrew being any combination of barley, oats, lupins, whatever's available, I guess. So they're the two things we're comparing and you've got some parameters in there that you're using on both pages. So the lamb itself that we're looking at, we're assuming the same age, the same weight. Um, can you tell us exactly what they are? Yeah, so... Um, you're right, Tom. So for both scenarios, we've made the you know obviously the same assumption. So the live weight entry into the feedlot is 40 kilos, and I mean that's um, that's quite topical at the moment. That's sort of you know where we where we're getting to. Um, we you know the, like I said in the last issue, um, we need to grow them as heavy as we can this year without uh, or you know before we get there. But you know 40 kilos into the feedlot is um, probably quite general. I've assumed that the lamb grow cost or the, the milling lamb grow cost of pellets landed is $500. Uh, and I've also assumed that the home mix is $360 and that's made up of lupins, barley and a fibre source, either hay or, or straw. The assumed yield for both scenarios is 43%. I've assumed that the value of that 40 kilo lamb, if you sold them as a store, is $1.50 a kilo, so $60 a head. And also assuming the grid uh, at the other end of the processes is $4.50 carcass weight. So that's across the board on both of, uh, you know, both of those mixes or the pallets versus the home mix, if you like. Yeah, okay. So that's our metric that we're going to use for this example. The thing that really struck me when we were talking about it before, um, one of the main differences here is time. I think time is probably one of the biggest factors spent on feed. Yeah, sure, you're right. So I'll just go through the results and then and then the time. I should also say that for both the scenarios, we've assumed that the lamb's going to eat four percent of his body weight, and you know that's quite general. A forty kilo lamb is going to eat one point six daily consumption. So it might take a few days to get into that, but across the feeding time, uh, he should eat four percent of his body weight. The other thing that we've done. Um, the feed conversion ratio for lamb grow, we've assumed at 5.5, um, so 5.5 kilos of, of feed per kilo of live weight gain, and we, we can do that day in, day out. What I have done, though, in the scenario for the home mix, I know we talked at 11 for you know the last talk we had. I've actually brought that back to 10 just to try and you know get the get the home mix probably a little bit closer um, more than anything. You know, some guys will, will do 10, or get 10. So that's sort of the rest of the assumptions. So to get from 40 to 48 uh, live weight, which is what we're trying to hit, we're trying to get that 20 kilo lamb, you know, into the processes. The lamb grow option gives a, a profit per head of $10.64. 
So let's call that 10 bucks. And if you remember in the last talk we had, you know, I sort of said, look, there was that probably that 10 to $15 margin this year for feeding lambs. I mean, it's tight. You know, 10 or $15 is tight. And it's tight. It doesn't matter what you're trying to do at the moment. You know, it's tight, but it's still, still a margin there. If we go to the home mix, though, same lightweight lamb, there's actually a, a feeding profit of $4 per head. But what we've got to do there is take out uh, the cost of the mortality. And as, as we said, acidosis with the barley lupin mix is quite an issue. So I've said the cost of mortality is 3% over lamb grow using the home mix, um, which, is, which I think is fair. So after we take the mortality out, the home mix option has got a profit per head of a dollar, I mean, just over a dollar. So it's sort of you know ten dollars versus one dollar. And I, I suppose what I'm going to do now is loop it back to the the discussion we had a couple of weeks ago, where I said, you know, I, I've still got growers sort of saying to me, well, you know, your pellets are too dear, you know, at five hundred dollars. I can do a, I can do my own brew for three hundred and sixty, you know. And I'm sort of saying, well, that's great. It is cheaper per tonne, but your outcome out the other end, you know, is um is ten percent of what I can do with lamb growth. So that's sort of the you know, the basis of you know, of my discussion here is really, you know, let's look at the the output, not necessarily the cost of the inputs. Yeah, and I think that paints a very clear picture after that and bringing up that time factor again. So looking at the lamb grow side of things, I think you were looking at about 27 days. Is that right? To bring it from 40 to around that 48 kilo mark? Yep. Thanks for looping me back to that. So you're right. Lamb grow 27 days, um, you know, to get from that 40 to 48 and on the home mix, it was 47 days. So that's, that's important, particularly if you need throughput, you know, if you're running a feedlot and you need throughput uh, as part of your economics, um, then that's important. I mean, some some farmers would argue well, it doesn't matter to me if they're only 27 or 47 days, it, you know, it doesn't matter. And that's fair enough. But the other thing to take into account is that with the home mix, we've got, you know, mixing costs. So we've got all our inputs. We've got to get the grain and uh, any additives into that feeder. Um, we've got to mix it ourselves on farm. And that takes a fair bit of time. So you're talking about an additional three weeks uh, mixing of the home mix, to, you know, to to get those lambs through the same weight gain, and you also need to really put a cost against that time. You can't sort of leave it to uh, to somebody that's relatively unskilled because it's pretty important to get that right. Um, so, to be honest, you're probably going to end up doing it yourself, and so you you really need to put a a value against your time for getting that that uh, home mix into the feeder and for instance if if you yourself tom is um you know using the lamb grow uh you've you've sort of got a set and forget ration it's a complete ration there's nothing else to worry about there you fill your feeders and and you hop back on the header you know or, or whatever else you're doing so uh and you've got your lambs in there for 27 days if i'm doing the home mix i've got them in there for 47 days i'm mixing the mix myself i've got to get that right and it takes me away from other things that I can be doing. And, you know, I'm, I'm at the end of the day, I'm actually making less money than you. So there's a few other things to take into account there too, which 
pretty hard to put a value on, but you need to keep it in the back of your mind. So the if you're if we if we keep on with that track time and you're using Langro yourself, you know that uh, the mill that's made that product tests every single load of, of grain that comes across their weighbridge for nutritional specs. And so they know exactly what they've got. And it's the same for every outbound load. Uh, they'll test every single outbound load of finished product to make sure you're getting exactly what you're ordering and what you're paying for. Whereas the flip side of that is if I'm buying some barley or I'm keeping um, barley um, from my own paddocks, you know, I've, I'm a flying blind a little bit. We know that the barley specs will change within paddocks and with the, from different growers. I mean, just by the sheer fact that we are testing everything that comes in, we know the variance across barley. If we use barley as an example, you know, we can get a we can get an eight percent protein load to a sixteen percent protein load. So if I'm doing a home mix and I'm buying barley from a neighbour. How do I know how that's what that is? What's the nutritional specs of that? I'm I'm sort of shooting from the hip a little bit. The other thing that's important for the home mixer is, and I still talk to to some growers that will say, oh, I put a you know a paddock of um of lupins in for the sheep, and they cost me you know two hundred and eighty dollars a ton to grow. So that's what I price them into my home mix at. And, you know, I would suggest that that's actually incorrect. They actually need to be priced into your home mix at the opportunity cost of, you know, what, they, what their value is if you sold them. So let's make sure that the home mix, we're comparing apples with apples and your grain pricing is an opportunity cost of what you can actually sell that grain for, not what it costs you to grow. I suggest that's probably the, the better way to look at it. And when you're in radio, Tom, we talked quite regularly through the harvest period on our swaps and offsets, um, you know, how we take in grain and, and mm. we can uh, swap and offset for pellets. You know, I still will talk to some growers who will say, well, you know, I'm going to send you my lupins and my barley. You're going to pelletise it and send it back to me. So why don't I just keep my lupins and my barley? And for me, that's that's a bit of a myth too. We get massive benefits through the pelleting process we get a complete nutritional package into that pallet, every single pallet, and we've got some technology within our pallet that changes the starch composition. So we're not actually, it's just not as, as clean and cut as, as uh, whacking everything into a pallet and sending it back. There's some technology in there that changes the game. And, you know, that is simply the reason that our product is so safe. And I, you know, we can use a mortality um, of point, you know, zero five and even under that in the land grow job because we make it safe um, when we send it back. So it's hard to put a value on that sort of thing for this exercise, but we just need to take all that into consideration. Yeah, there's a lot there that you've just um, that you've just mentioned, Brett, and I, I think that's going to give a bit of feed for thought. Uh, no, no pun intended there, but some actual feed for thought. You should make that. a podcast. Paul. I, I wonder. I wonder if it exists. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brett. But um, yeah, Brett, in your circle, so I mean, obviously, you're talking with different people all over the state in different areas. How common is it in in your experience that people actually tracking their input costs on things like this? So feed for the lambs, that conversion ratio coming in and out. You know, it used to be Excel sheets or you just never did it. You sort of did it by eye. Now there's apps available, farm management apps and things like that to help you out. But 
do you find that it, there's a good uptake of people using those things or are they still are they still kind of guessing quite a bit? Yeah, there's still a, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of very good operators there and they, you know, they, they're over and through and around the numbers, they know them well. But I'd have to say the majority of perhaps sheep growers that I, that I deal with will actually not be over this and, you know, they'll be making assumptions that are actually incorrect or that sway the results. And there's a little bit of, you know, this is the way we've always done it. And, you know, the... Quite often, like I said before, the price per ton is is a hurdle. You know, it's a it's a hurdle for people. It's you know, 140 bucks more than what I can supply the same feed for. You know, or, or supposedly the same feed. So, you know, I'd have to say that we're probably not as scientific and not as good at measuring uh, some of these things in the sheep feeding world uh, when we compare to our cropping world. Um, you know, we seem to be all over our inputs in that area, but I'd, I'd sort of suggest that we're probably not, um, or most of us aren't, in the you know in the sheep feeding world. And so, you know, it's an education process, and that's really what what the reason, you know, for talking to you really is is you know if we can help out and get a little bit of education and and get put some numbers to it, you know, the amount of assumptions that we've made, we're going to be out a little bit somewhere. You know, but you've got to start somewhere. We're using um, some knowns there. We're making some assumptions. But, yeah, it's better than just, um, you know, flying, totally flying. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. So, Brett, what's the process then? Because I think if um, if it's a bit of a hurdle to sit down and open up a spreadsheet and try and work this out, then, you know, trying to collect all that information is also going to take a bit of time and difficult to compile. So if someone, let, let's say I'm doing a homebrew and I've had enough or, you know, I'm not seeing the results that I, I want from it, I'm considering pellets, I get you on the phone and we start having a chat about it. What's the first thing you're going to ask me? You're going to, well, other than what are you doing at the moment? How's it working? What information would you be looking for from me so that we can put that into a spreadsheet and start crunching some figures? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, and it, and it takes about five minutes, Tom. So it's not a, you know, the, you don't have to weigh your way through a, a spreadsheet and particularly if you're not that way inclined. And, and I'm, you know, the, the spreadsheets that, um, that I'm using are, are not, um, massively taxing either you know it's it's all pretty basic stuff but i'm i'm really going to ask you tom you know what's your, what's your entry weight and most people are pretty good at weighing sheep and most people have got scales so you know you're going to say 40 kilos you know for this scenario you're going to say 40 kilos i'm going to say okay what have you been offered right now as a store and that's you know the dollar 50 right at the moment is you know probably top money so we're going to take that into account um, then I'm going to say, okay, I know where your farm is. It's going to cost us X amount of freight, so we're going to land land grow at your place at you know, and and it was five hundred dollars for this assumption. So, and then we're, I'm going to say to you, okay, you, have you got some booking space or book some space with the um, processes, which is you know an issue at the moment. And these scenarios, if you get pushed back in the queue um, by two or three weeks, has been has been quite common, and even more than that you know, it, it blows us out the window. So we need to be right on the money with the processing space. But, you know, I'm going to say to you, well, what's, what have you been offered on the grid or what can you get on the grid? And $4.50 at the moment is is pretty general. And that's really all we need, um, Tom. I'm going to say to you, you know, what sort of lambs are they? Um, you know, are they are they sappy crossbreds or are they, um, 
you know, are they, you know, sort oh, they're of... The, they're the best you've ever seen, Brett. I've never <laughs> seen anything like them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'd imagine that at your place, Tom, being in the Golden Triangle, but, you know, there's going to be other guys, other growers that are going to say, oh, you know, they've, they've slipped a bit on stubbles and, you know, they're merino weathers, you know, and so that's how I'm going to make my assumption on, you know, how they're going to convert. We all know that the big sappy crossbreds are going to convert better than you know, a, a shelly sort of merino weather. So that's pretty much the conversation that we're going to have. It's, it's going to take us two or three minutes. And I'm, you know, really going to say, well, look, here's the assumptions that I've made. You know, here's here's the numbers. You know, it's pretty straightforward. Actually, something interesting you said there about if the processor time does backlog and you end up having to hold on to them for a few more weeks, we haven't really spoken before about maintenance weight. So we've talked about that 27 versus 47 days of time to get from 40 to 48 kilos just based off the the averages that we've taken into place. But then if you do have to hang on to them for that bit longer time, that really then starts to bring that question in again of what's the quality of the feed that you're giving them to maintain that weight and how much do you have to give them to, to keep them there? Sure, yeah, and it's quite simple to work out at the moment that, you know, feeding, I mean, if you take into account the grain prices and, you know, whether you're home mixing or buying a pellet, the grain prices are, you know, decile eight or nine, you know, we're we're high, high grain prices. Uh, And then you look at your grid pricing or or sheet value, um, you know, we're relatively low, especially compared to the last two or three seasons. So feeding... Commercially or economically, feeding lambs is is pretty tight, and it's a diminishing return. So the longer you got them in there, the less money you're going to make, and you know you can even even blow out the bottom and make a loss. So you need to be on the job. We need to know what the entry weight is. You know they need to be at that forty. They need to be pushing along pretty quick when they get in there. But you also need to be pretty smart on the job when they hit target weight and get them out of there because, you know, if they're going to sit there another two or three weeks while you finish harvest or find some kill space for them, that's when uh, we start growing kilos that are not economic. Yeah, that's a good point. That's probably a a whole other conversation in itself as to how to actually unpack that side of things, Brett. But look, I think we've clarified and gone over that nicely today. It really builds upon that last conversation you and I had. So thanks for your time and for crunching all those numbers for us again and just running us through that. I know it's something that you like to help people with. So listeners, please don't hesitate to get in contact with Milne and ask to speak with Brett so you can crunch the numbers for your own setup, for your own livestock operation, how you're running it. And Brett, you're always happy to jump on the phone and have a chat with people about what they're doing? No, I prefer to do that, Tom. Actually, I enjoy that side of things. You know, it's actually, um, you know, getting down to the numbers, it's important. And uh, yeah, that's the that's the part of this job that I enjoy. I mean, um, you know, anybody can sell a pallet, um, but I, I want to know that it's going to do the job for the customer. For more information or to get in contact with one of the team, visit us at milne.com.au or call 9351 0726.